This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. The following is paid commercial programming. The content and opinions expressed do not necessarily reflect those of WSSP, Entercom Milwaukee, its staff, or sponsors. From Lake Michigan to the Mississippi... And every river, lake, and field in between. Let's talk everything outdoors. Aboard! <laughs> You're on the crazy train. Welcome to the Cutting Edge Outdoor Show. Fasten your seatbelts for a wild ride through Wisconsin's outdoors. Only on 12:50 a.m. The Fan. Good morning, everybody, and welcome to this week's edition of the Wacky Walleyes Cutting Edge Outdoors with your hosts, uh, Dan Bush and myself, Tom Neubauer, and, of course, Sam Schmitz is on the boards taking the calls. We come to you every Saturday morning from 6 to 8 a.m., and we are live and we are unrehearsed. And since we're unrehearsed and live, you got to really hold on to those seats on the crazy train because they don't have seat belts, and sometimes we run off the rails. So you can help us get back on the rails by calling us live with your questions and comments at 414-799-1250. That's 799-1250. Or you can always email us live at ceoguys at yahoo.com, which we have a bunch of this morning. Anyway, good morning, Danny. Good morning, Tom. I'm very excited today. We got a great show, I believe, lined up. Yes, Um, we do. At about uh, 6.30, we just might hear from our friend Troy. He's no longer up in the North Woods going crazy, staring at four walls in a cabin, a snowdrift. Uh, he's, uh, he went to, he's on a road trip for business, but he'll, he'll be striper fishing with a guide. Uh, apparently, they got a 41-pounder the other day. He sent me a picture. So he's at the launch now. And he might give us a call around 6.30. I'm sure he's driving his guide nuts because the guide's going to be safe. For cripe's sake, you got to be fishing right now. What, what are you on the phone it, to some, some goofy radio show? Yeah, but exactly. uh, I got a feeling uh, Troy will find a way to make it happen right when they're setting the lines. At 7 o'clock, we got CeCe's going to give us a call. Uh, we're going to do a little bit more rabbit talk. Uh, we were talking snowshoes last week. And... Uh, Along those lines, we got a real nice email from one of our uh, one of our listeners in regards to rabbits. Can I share it here, Tom? Sure. Okay. So, and and you saw it as well. And as as our uh, 
regular listeners know, uh, I was talking, I had been up uh, up in, on, in the promised land up there in Douglas County, uh, wading through snowdrifts with Arizona Joe, trying to get the elusive snowshoe hair. And uh, it, they were truly elusive. I did manage to get one. I like to stock them with a cotton, t- uh, with, cotton t- with a uh, with a 22 rifle, uh, because they, the snowshoes uh, tend to they'll they'll run up, but they'll always almost always just stop and and wait for you to kind of they count on their uh, on their camouflage. They trust it more than the uh, elusive cottontail that normally when they take off. Uh, sometimes they'll stop and look back, maybe if you whistle, but not near as often. But here we go. This is what uh, our listener, I'll just go with his first name, Jacob, had to say. It says, uh, loyal listener, uh, my dad has had beagles since I was 10, uh, 10 years old, so over 25 years now. In that time, we've hunted an uncountable number of cottontail rabbits and snowshoe. It's interesting the differences between the two species. It's been proven that snowshoe hare are cyclical like the rough grouse. Uh, like most game, the chainsaw is their best friend. Uh, the preferred habitat of the snowshoe are large stands of young poplar and jack pine that's found more frequently on paper company land in central and northern Wisconsin. When pursued by dogs, the snowshoe hare runs an almost perfect circle that can really uh, regularly stretch out of hearing range by hunters. If you can pinpoint a spot on their circle and set up where you can see, you have a decent chance of getting a shot on their next pass. In deep snow, you can start getting ready just after you hear the dogs coming back into hearing range. Snowshoes put off a lot more scent than a cottontail, so in good tracking conditions, the chase can get raucous. Cottontails, on the other hand, they run much smaller and more irregular circles and are, <clears throat> are more likely to jump in a hole then continue on for longer than needed. Um, My dad claims that there are two subspecies of cottontail. There are ditch cottontail and woods cottontail. Their preferred habitat are the brushy spots in the uh, obviously described locations, but they actually do have different colorings, markings, size, and behaviors. The former is on average smaller and much more gray and doesn't go far before jumping in a hole. The latter is usually larger with much more brown on the back and tends to run much larger circles for far longer, almost akin to a snowshoe. Um, and then it goes on to kind of talk a little bit about preparation. Uh, I had talked about how those snowshoes are pretty tough, Tom, uh, but it looks like uh, they've eaten them in quite a lot of different ways. But one of the interesting things, and I've heard this before, uh, it says like, uh, like most small game, they lack fat. So you have to really watch the, your internal temperature is they'll get tough when you overcook them. Well, I kind of talked about those snowshoes. Uh, that's what happened to us years ago. Um, there is actually a phenomenon known as rabbit fever, where, whereas you'll get very sick and eventually die if you try to survive on wild game meat for too long as it lacks the fat necessary for long-term survival. I found this really interesting, Tom. And then... Uh, then Jake goes on to uh, uh, thank us for bringing back some old memories and talking about rabbit hunting. So I thought a great, great email. We want to thank uh, a loyal listener. That's great information. Uh, first thing, Tom, have you heard? I've heard that if you were to like be up north and you're eating nothing but snowshoe hair, you could still die of starvation. Have you heard that before? Yes, I have. Okay. 
Uh, and I was talking to Arizona Joe, and he said that it's also true with caribou. Have you heard that before? No. No, I have so, not. Okay, so is that true, Tom? Have you investigated that? No, I have not. Okay, because <laughs> I'm really wondering. I mean, it's hard to believe that you could eat as much, you know, as you needed and still starve to death. So I, well, I found that kind of... I can understand it because you're not getting the vitamins uh, that are in, let's say, in vegetables and whatever. You're not getting, like they said, the fat that you okay. need. Um, you know, so yeah, I, I can see that, sure. You betcha. How about as far as two subspecies of cottontail... I've never heard that, but no. it's something I want to check into. No, I've never heard that either. Although, you know, I have caught, caught, I have shot some some cottontails that were, you know, small and dark, and then I have shot some some big light-colored ones too. In fact, uh, you know, I, I I'm always trying to get that elusive three-pound fox squirrel, and I'm I'm kind of a nut trying to get a two-pound gray squirrel. So I'm kind of a nut as far as met weighing weighing what I what I shoot uh the biggest cottontail I've shot I've shot two big ones over the years that you know just were heads and tails above bigger and they were lighter colored kind of like what Jake's describing and they weighed over three and a half pounds they were big bunnies so it'd be interesting to check into that uh, I think we got a call the caller right now though Tom all righty yep we got Rich in Milwaukee hey good morning guys good morning good morning Rich, Rich. Yeah, I wanted to uh, tell you something interesting. For the last probably two years, uh, I've been kind of giving you a fishing report on uh, Madison Lake, uh, Monona Bay. And my brother and I were up there last Wednesday, and I, I was shocked to see that there were very few, almost nobody fishing the bay itself, but everybody was in what they call a triangle. Yeah. And most of those guys were standing around. And uh, so uh, after about four hours, uh, my brother-in-law did happen to get a, a limit of bluegills, and I, I, he totally waxed me. I, I, I couldn't do anything right. But I, I wanted to mention that in the last two years that these bluegills were, were pretty much ranging about 7.5 to 8.5 inches with maybe a 9-inch out of 50 bluegills you caught. But for some reason this year, that average went up. It, the bluegills that, that he, he and I got were averaging eight to eight and a half with a few more nine inch bluegills in the, in the, in the bunch. Wow. Wow. Now, I don't know what, it, if, if any of you heard this, but a coworker was telling me that, that, uh, I don't know if the DNR or whatever, they took a lot of weeds out of that bay itself. And I don't know if that what, what turned off the, the fishermen. I don't know, but one of our friends, uh, Ron Heidenreich, he was out there last week, and he caught a lot of those fish. He'd said that we're in that seven and a half, eight inch range. Um, so, and he was in Monona Bay. Yeah. So I haven't heard about guys leaving Monona Bay and going to the Triangles. I haven't heard that. Now, Rich, uh, the, 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 the twice that my brother-in-law was up there in in two weeks. That was the ticket. Everybody was in the triangle. But but normally when you went up there, they were spread out through that bay. I mean, literally 100 guys. Oh, yeah. Rich, I, I mean, you know, it, 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 it may be more. But uh, I was shocked to see, you know, like 15 people spread out. It was very, very odd. Are you gonna let go me let again? me ask you this, Rich. Did oh. you say that they removed a lot of the weeds in Monona Bay? Yeah. 
Okay, because the only thing I'm going to speculate here, Tom, you know, the average size on the bluegills on Pewaukee's been going up, and years ago, Ben, the uh, biologist, mentioned that he felt that uh, the reason we had so many small ones is we had so much thick weeds, and it was hard for the predators to kind of crop them off. Lately, they've been planting a lot of walleyes and, uh, and northerns, and they've been coming back, and all of a sudden, the size structure, the bluegills coming back, uh, is speculating a that perhaps those predator fish are knocking more of them down so they're not as stunted. I wonder if, the, uh, being as they've knocked down some of those weeds on Monona, that that's allowing the predator of, uh, fish to more effectively prey on the bluegills, and that size structure is going up as well. That would be my only guess. Well, it almost makes sense that, that that's what's happening because, that, like I said, it was a, I, what I call a marked improvement in the size of those fish. Yeah, that's well. That's good news for our yeah. bluegill uh, hunting friends. I'm sure it our good is. friend Paul Mahalik's a happy guy too. We'll have to talk to him sometime in the future. Yeah, I'm sure he's slamming him there too. Report. If you go again, let us know what you find out. All right. Hey, we'll do. All right. Thank you very Take much. Take care, Rich. You guys have a nice, good show, and we'll talk to you again. All, All right. right, man. Yeah, we we got a number of emails here, Danny, to go through. I'll try to go through just a couple of them quick before our first break. Um, this one is from Robert. He says, hello, guys, I just was reading in Hartford Business Journal that Colt Holdings is in negotiations to be bought out by CG, no, CZG in the Czech Republic. I guess there goes another American gun maker, and he likes the show. So America, another American gun, gun maker going down the tubes, going, you know, someplace else. At 7, oh, by the way, at 7.30... We're going to have a fellow by the name of John Muchka, I think. Munchka? No, I think it's Muchka. John Muchka. He's going to be telling us about a, a fishing jamboree for charity that's going to be held next Saturday. He's going to tell us all about that, and it's going to be held at Mugshots. Danny, where exactly is Mugshots? Um, Mugshots is off of SS. Um, if you take um, SS, you can take the exit off of 94. And uh, I guess you're heading east on that, or I guess uh, southeast maybe. Um, but anyway, uh, typically you take a left to go down to the hill to the musky shop, and our, our, and the waterfront pub's right there. In fact, uh, oh, it's you know, next to the waterfront pub. It's very close. It's down the road from it. So down it's the not road. Next, it's not next to it. It's down the road further to the east. So if you oh, go okay. that that frontage road in front of the waterfront. Just go that down to the east to the to, to the T. There's a stop sign about a block block away. It's a real narrow street. I don't okay, know what the name of it. it is. It's right on the left hand side. And later on in the show, I'm I'm also going to go. They're going to they got a fishery at Mugshots. I'm going to go through a list of all the fisheries coming up at the waterfront this year. Right, and also to let everybody know that this weekend is the free fishing weekend. You know, take mom, take dad, take aunt, take the uncles, take take whoever. Uh, take the kids uh, who you know who need a license, but yeah, it's a free fishing weekend, so get on out there. Also, February 13th is not that far away for the sturgeon spearing that's coming up. And another quick one here. I know it's uh, we got about another minute, but uh, there's a new smelt consumption advisory for Lake Superior. Uh, Rainbow smelt. You're only a, a it used to be unlimited. You could meet eat as many as you want. Now they're saying uh, it should be uh, down to about one meal a month on smelt from Lake Michigan. And uh, 
the last one. Yeah, wait a minute. I got to go to the inbox here. Beaver Lake. Bruce the Uper says last Sunday he went by Beaver Lake. There were eight to ten cars were parked on Highway 83. That means the lot was full. The police were there writing tickets. So don't park on the highway. So <laughs> don't do that. Don't park on the highway. And then he wants to know can you grill Northern Pike? on a cedar plank like salmon. Well, I'll tell you that when we come back, Bruce, and we'll talk about a few other things. One of them, striper fishing, like you said Troy is doing. I got a little story about that, if you don't mind. All right? Sounds good. All right. Well, we'll be right back with more folks of the Wacky Walleyes Cutting Edge Outdoors. So stay tuned for more. Welcome back to Wacky Walleyes Cutting Edge Outdoors. I'm Dan Bush along with Tommy, the true Neubauer. Thanks everybody for listening. Uh, we always make it a point to uh, support the badge, law enforcement officers, healthcare workers, first responders, military workers, and I should mention, thank the truck drivers of our country. Uh, guys like Tex and the Big Rig out there working hard because without the truck drivers, our country would grind to a halt, my friends. Thanks thanks to all of you for what you do, and thanks to all our listeners. Yeah, after, I just want to remind everybody that after the 6.30 break, we got the gut report. After the 6.45 break, we have the Hornswoggle contest. And after the 7.15 break, we're playing NFL football contest. So you can win a couple of nice prizes on those two contests. Um, Bruce, the youper here asked if you can grill northern pike on a cedar plank like salmon. Yeah, sure, why not? It's a fish, you know. Who, you know, I don't think the fish cares where they're being grilled on. So sure, why not? The other thing is you mentioned Troy Ridge, Woodrow is fishing stripers, right? Yep, he yeah. may or may not be yeah. able to get a hold of us. I'm sure, what? like I said, I'm sure he's driving his guide nuts. Right, where? Where is, uh, what's the, I can't read, you know, I'm having an old man uh, moment. What's the name of that lake in Las Vegas, that big lake? Um, uh, lake Mead? Uh, yes, Mead. Lake Mead. Uh, one time, many years ago, I was there the second time. I, uh, one year I got invited to do a bass fishing seminar, and, and I got, uh, at a local marine dealer there and uh, in Las Vegas, and uh, they, they actually had me audition. I had a go out with the two owners and after catching a bunch of bad you know they told me i was doing everything wrong and after you know i caught you know caught like my first three bass then they started asking me exactly what i was doing but anyway the second year i went out i went from hero to zero because i couldn't find a large amount bass to save my soul but i saw a bunch of fish jumping out out way out further in the lake and i asked the two guys i said what are those they said those are stripers I said, you mean the real stripers that get really big? They said, yep. I said, can we go fish for those? So I caught some of the smaller ones, and I'll tell you, those fight as hard as any smallmouth bass I have ever caught. As a matter of fact, maybe even harder. Unbelievable fight in them. 
you know, you catch a, a one that's like 14, 15, 16 inches, you think you got a lot bigger fish on. But a couple of times, Danny, when I was reeling in one of the smaller ones, one of those big monsters came up following it. They're just like muskies that they try to eat the smaller ones. You know, like if you're reeling in a walleye or a bass and a muskie will come up and try to steal it on you. These big stripers were doing the same thing. I was amazed at the size of them. I was amazed at the fight of them. Uh, so, yeah, I mean, Troy is a lucky guy, you know, being striper fishing. So, lucky guy. You know, I drove out to Lake Mead many years ago when I uh, was on a company trip to Las Vegas. So I rented a car and drove out there. And I remember going by the uh, by the dam there. Oh, the and, Hoover uh, Dam, yeah. Yeah, and I looked down. That's awesome. From the top, and I saw giant stripers down there. I mean, they looked... I mean, it's hard to tell because you're, what, a couple hundred feet up yeah, in the air and you're looking down. It's kind of like, I think it kind of magnifies them in the water. I swear to God, those stripers looked like they were at least four feet long. They looked enormous. And then I saw, it was really cool, I saw giant, and I mean giant carp down there. And they were brilliantly colored like goldfish or kind of like uh, like the koi people, oh, yeah. I think, put in their backyard ponds and stuff. It was it was incredible. I but but I couldn't believe the size of the stripers. Swear to God, they looked like they were five feet long. Yeah, they they can get pretty darn big. You know, they got them in Lake Mead, and they also have them over in uh, in Arkansas. I forget what lake it is, but there's several lakes in Arkansas where they have real stripers. You know, we we have white bass up here, which some people call stripers, but they're not stripers; they're white bass. And then they got uh, fish that are called wipers, which are a cross between a striper and a I don't know if it's a walleye or, or, or maybe, a, no, it's a cross between a white bass and a striper. And then they got the real stripers that get huge, you know. So, yeah, that would be, that'd be cool to do that again. Um, what was I going to tell you? Don't we, so I know we got striped bass, or white bass, white bass in Wisconsin. Yeah, right. I thought there's some place that does have some striped bass. Seems to me I heard something about yeah, not, some they're, they're dam not, or something. They're not real stripers. They're, they're, they're just calling the white bass stripers. Yes, people calling white bass stripers. How, how about how about wipers? Do we have any of those? I think we do. I'm not positive though. I, might, I know I got I two on my new truck. That. Yeah, I don't know about that. So, <laughs> and then oh, what? what I, I missed that. What did you say about your truck? <laughs> I you said got I got two on my on new truck. truck? Come on, Tom. Well, I didn't hear it. I'm serious. <laughs> I, I, said, I said I got two wipers on my new truck. Oh, okay. <laughs> okay, yes. so, okay. Yep. That one You're right. full of jocularity. That one, that one went right over. Hey, uh, uh, I did check into the, uh, the rabbit thing uh, real quick. Uh, actually, the rabbit fever, uh, it's actually, rabbit fever refers to tularemia. Uh, which I've heard about years ago as a yeah. kid. My dad always told me you should wear rubber gloves uh, when, it's, it, it, when you're cleaning small games. So I've heard of that. Now, uh, what uh, Jake was referring to is actually called rabbit starvation. And the information I googled says this, eating only rabbit can lead to malnutrition called rabbit starvation or cara caribou starvation because rabbit meat and caribou meat during certain times of the year is very lean and doesn't contain much in the way of nutrients or fat, just protein. You have to eat a huge amount of the meat to get enough calories, 
but your liver can't process the huge amount of protein involved effectively, leading to ammonia buildup in the blood. So eating rabbit meat along with fat and carbohydrates is no problem. It's the all-rabbit diet that makes you sick. Right. And uh, I want to say uh, hello to my friend uh, Bob Garfinkel. He sent us that uh, update on the smelt consumption out of Lake Superior. Uh, boy, I hope that doesn't happen uh you know, out of the Bay of Green Bay, because they're still still getting smelt, you know, out of the Bay of Green Bay. A few down here on Lake Michigan, not a lot. You, you've had you've had smelt before, right, Danny? Yeah, yeah. yeah I, I think, think everybody, everybody in the smelt. world's had smelt. Yeah, I mean, they're delicious. They're fantastic, you know, depending on how you make them. But, um, but you know, the smelt population in Lake Michigan, you know, hit rock bottom there for a few years, you know, and there's still a few there, but Boy, I'll tell you, the salmon and trout really gobble those babies up. So uh, not too many out there, but there are still some, and there are still some people who smelt fish in the spring. So um, I I used to do it years ago. I used to enjoy that. Uh, I don't know if it was just an excuse to go drinking uh, (laughs) or if we were that, that serious about getting smelt. But anyway, listen, we gotta, we gotta go to another break, Danny. Um, Coming up next is the gut report, so stay tuned, folks. we got a lot of stuff coming up on the show. Uh, don't go away from that radio dial. We'll be right back. Come here. I'm going to eat you. I'm bigger than you. I'm higher in the food chain. Get in my belly. The gut report is brought to you by Discount Liquor. Well, last week, folks, there was one of the local grocery stores had salmon on sale. It was a really good deal. So I went and bought some, and I'll tell you, there's a lot of recipes used for salmon, and this is one of my favorites that I really like. Uh, first, I salt, make sure all the bones are out. That's number one. Preheat your oven to 350 degrees. You want to put the salmon on a wire rack. You want to put salt and pepper on them, and then, like, layer it with mayonnaise, and then put panko bread crudding, panko breadcrumbs on the top, Bake at like 350 for about a half an hour or until done. I can't be, I can't tell you exactly how long because some pieces are thinner, some are thicker, so it all depends. But until done, and I'll tell you what, that is really, really good. I don't know what it is. Some people say you can't like heat up mayonnaise. Yes, you can. It's terrific on it. The Gut Report is brought to you by Discount Liquor, where you're going to find the best price, selection, and service. At 51st and Oklahoma in Milwaukee, and Bar, uh, Barstow, uh, Main Street and Barstow in Waukesha. For weekly specials, go to discountliquorinc.com. Welcome back to Wacky Walleye's Cutting Edge Outdoors. And, Tom, thank you for that artery-clogging recipe. Actually, you know, salmon is good for you. Uh, The mayonnaise, not so much, probably, but salmon's good for your heart. And that sounds like a pretty pretty good recipe. Uh, Tom, I know you're a great cook. I recently got a book from a good friend of mine, Mike, and he gave me this book. It's titled Venison. The Slay to Gourmet Field to Kitchen Cookbook. 
And I'll tell you what, Tom, it's got some unbelievable wild game recipes I cannot wait to try out. You know, Danny, it's funny. There's a, a lot of recipes for, let's say, chicken and beef and pork that all you have to do is substitute venison. That's all you got to do, just substitute. And they or, come out wonderfully, yeah. Or pheasants uh, or, oh, yeah. you know, other wild game, squirrel. Yeah. As a matter of fact, you know, funny you should mention pheasants. I have to go to the store uh, in a couple of days and get some heavy cream because I'm there's a pheasant recipe I used to make. And I said to my wife, I said, you know, I used to make this recipe with pheasant all the time. Why don't I just substitute chicken with it? You know, chicken legs and thighs. What the heck, you know? So I'm going to be doing that this week, yeah. Definitely. You know, it, Tom, you brought up uh, an important uh, point about the new smelt uh, consumptory uh, advise, you know, advisory. Yeah. Um, you know, for many years, geez, I don't think I've checked into this for 40 years because uh, years ago I heard, okay, you know, pregnant women don't eat it, and if you're not a pregnant woman, you know, only have one meal of fish a week or whatever, and that's back when they were talking, you know, Lake Michigan, PCBs, uh, blah, blah, blah. But, you know, th- that those advisories have not gone away. This week I actually did get a link and logged on to the Wisconsin DNR website, and they've got an explicit uh advisory where you can go by county and look up the lake that you're going to fish uh including the great lakes and it gives specific advisory on different species uh based on you know i think it has if you're 15 or younger or pregnant woman or you're 15 and older or not but there there are some good some it's there and then they, they tell you what fish you shouldn't be eating at all so i would suggest for our listeners log on and check that out now most of us you know, don't eat fish that often to make a difference anyway. You know, if I have a meal every once in a while, I'm not worried about it. But, the, you know, if you got a freezer full of fish and that's all you do is fish, 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 uh, I mean, eat fish, eat fish, uh, you might want to check into those advisories. Yeah, we we got an email from our friend Ron Heidenreich. He said uh, Columbia Lake in Portage, Wisconsin, that's where they got some of those big power plants, has hybrid stripers. The lake is a cooling reservoir for a power plant. The fishery consists of largemouth and smallmouth bass, hybrid striped bass, bluegill, channel, and flathead catfish, and bullhead. And, uh, yeah, Columbia Lake has got those hybrid stripers. Now, well, what that's, they're that's, a hybrid of, I don't know. Well, that's what I was referring to when I said oh, okay. by a dam somewhere. That That's what I was, yeah. someone had told me that. Yeah, Columbia Lake in Portage County. Now, yeah, there's... And and as far as I know, I remember, I, I never went to it, but I heard you can hike into it and fish from shore, or if you want to carry something light, you know, like a small canoe or kayak or something, uh, maybe, maybe you could even take a John boat, I don't know, but I know you got to walk to it, not very far, but you have to walk to it, there, like there's, as far as I know, there's no boat launch on it, but then again, maybe that's changed over the years, but Columbia Lake in Portage County. I yeah. just... I wonder, I'm sure those don't get as big as the stripers we're talking oh, about. Oh, no, no, because the they're not real stripers, about. they're, they're uh, hybrids. Yeah, hybrids. I I just wonder what they're hybrids with and how big they get. Yeah, yeah. And, you know, you can always tell where that uh, where that is when you're driving. I forget what highway it is that goes by Portage, Wisconsin. There's these big, big smokestacks, you know, so you know where 
that power plant is and and that uh, reservoir that columbia lake being a cooling reservoir it never freezes it's always open water year-round so you know you can even go fishing it fish it right now if you want it <laughs> so speaking of fishing right now tom uh what's the report from your sons as far as their ice fishing lately he's he's catching a lot of fish He's catching okay. northern pike, uh, caught a few nice big largemouth, a uh, lot of bluegills and crappies, so and even a couple of undersized walleyes. So yeah, he's he's catching fish. He's a yeah. happy camper, and my grandkids they're catching fish on the tip ups that I bought them for Christmas, the Beaver Dam tip ups. So uh, yeah, they're they're doing good. They're doing good. So. Uh, the report here uh, on the east end of Pewaukee is not good, at no. least for me. Uh, I had been speaking the last couple of weeks about, uh, you know, I was catching a little bit of everything out here. Uh, I had tip-ups set all day yesterday and not a flag. And tip-ups, oh. yeah, and uh, one of our listeners and friends, Nick, came out here last Sunday. We had a whole bunch of... Uh, tip up set up on the ice out there everybody had a good time but uh we didn't catch anything so the other story i had heard rumors that down uh, towards doc's dry dock that guys were getting them uh walleyes after dark along that part of the lake well the report i got from a guy yesterday was uh that the report he got from those guys is that uh they're not getting them there so uh, it seems like uh, maybe it's time to migrate and go west, my friend, and uh, fish the west end of the lake. Uh, just to be careful, I guess. I don't. I do not know what the ice conditions are down there. But can I real quick go list of go through the list of the waterfront fisheries, Tom? Yeah, we should. Yeah. Okay. So as you guys know, Waterfront is one of our fine sponsors, and they typically have some great fisheries going on. So uh, and. So all these days, uh, I believe, are Saturdays, uh, unless I otherwise note. So on uh, the 23rd, uh, the Badgerland Ski Club is going to have a meat raffle. So I guess that's not a fishery, fishery, but you got the meat raffle. Everybody likes to win some meat, so you can go in, have a good time, do that. Uh, fishing, however, begins on the 30th, uh, Plugins. Plugins is going to have their fishery on Saturday the 30th. And then Sunday, the 31st, so this, I believe, is the only Sunday jamboree, uh, Monches is uh, Monches is going to have their fishery. On uh, February 6th, Sherwood Forest Fishery. Uh, on uh, February 13th, uh, it's not a fishery, but Ice Golf. That sounds fun, Tom. You're a golfer. You ought to try that. Ice Golf and Meat Raffles. So that always uh, gets a lot of uh, outdoor um enthusiasts and uh then the big one on february 20th the pewaukee chapter of walleyes for tomorrow is going to have their uh fishery now they're going to do a large part of it outside i i don't know exactly what tom's got planned if they're going to set up a tent out there or whatever but hopefully in one of the upcoming weeks uh someone can wake tom up on a saturday morning and have him call in and maybe give us more details. And that's all you got so far? Um, I guess the only other thing I have is uh, March 6th uh, at the waterfront. They have a, uh, this, and this is important. It's not a fishery, but it's a good cause. March 6th, there's a, a, um, a food drive and meat raffle. So uh, food drive and meat raffle on the 6th at the waterfront. So yeah. check them out. 
and and like I said, there's going to be uh, um, John Muchka is going to call us about the fishing jamboree for charity out of Mugshots next Saturday. So the so there will be a meat raffle at one place, a jam a fishing jamboree at another place. So you could actually enter both, right? Or do you, do you have to be there to win the on the meat raffle? Do you have to be there? Well, the way they work the meat raffles, Tom, is that's uh that they they sell those those aren't those aren't the main raffle tickets that you buy to enter the fishery those are just individual t- raffles where they go around with the pound of bacon every pays everybody pays a couple bucks to try and win it and they make the drawing right then and there oh, so okay. so, so for meat raffles yeah. yeah it's not like you can show up and pick up your chuck roast later uh yeah, now okay. for the grand prize raffles for a lot of these fisheries if you win uh, $500 or the whatever, a lot of them need not be present to win. You write your name and number on the stub, right. and they contact you after. Uh, so it kind of depends. Right. Okay. Well, that's good information. And the uh, more information that we have is coming up next is the Hornschwaggle. It's brought to you by Carl's Country Market on the corner of Silver Spring and Pilgrim Road out there in Menominee Falls. They have more than just award-winning sausages, all kinds of meats. They have daily lunch specials that, you'd, well, you'd have to go there at lunchtime to get one to find out what they have. You can always call them ahead of time. Just Google Carl's Country Market, and they'll give, get you the phone number and all that. But you can win a $10 gift certificate to Carl's Country Market by playing the Hornschwaggle. So what you want to do is you want to call 414-799-1250. That's 414-799-1250. Sam will get the first person on. Now, if you've won in the last six weeks or two months, don't call because you got to let somebody else take a chance, and Sam is going to be checking the list twice, kind of like Santa Claus. So we'll be right back with more folks on the Wacky Walleyes Cutting Edge Outdoors. Be a contestant on the Hornswoggle. Welcome back. Welcome back to Wacky Walleyes, Cutting Edge Outdoors. I'm Dan Bush along with Tom Neubauer. Thanks for getting on board the crazy train this morning. And uh, Tom, um, let's see, just want to mention something real quick. Uh, I've, we had a, a, a gentleman from Gun Owners of America on our show a while back. And uh, I've, we've kind of encouraged people uh, to join them. They're sim- similar to an NRA-type uh type of organization, but I think they're a little bit more fiscally responsible. But uh, interesting, Tom, as you know, social media has been doing their part to try and silence some voices in America. And uh, there was a, uh, uh, a forum called the AR15.com, which was the largest gun forum in the world. They were actually kicked off the internet by their web hosting company. Uh, and the Gun Owners of America has also been censored uh, by anti-gun tech corporations now on a mission to silence any opposition to radical anti-gun uh, control. But fortunately, uh, AR15.com had a backup plan. They're back in business. But uh, we're not, we are in times right now where if you want to protect your Second Amendment rights, I would suggest uh, uh, 
uh, putting your money where your mouth is and uh, joining some of these organizations out there fighting for our rights. Yeah, also, whatever happened to uh, our First Amendment of free speech? I guess it's not so free anymore, right? Well, it's it, it's only free for certain people. Yeah, right. It's only free for certain people. We know which people those are. Yeah, the mostly right. peaceful so, ones. But so then when somebody else, huh? yeah, somebody else does it. Oh, you know, you know, they can't be talking <laughs> that way. It's the, the hypocrisy in our country just staggers yeah. the imagination. But I don't even want to go there. I know. Who do we got for the gut report? I mean, excuse me for the hornswoggle. We got Wally and Muskego. All right. Wally, Wally, I almost sorry about that, Wally. I, you see what's on my brain? I said Wally and Muskego. Yeah, so. Wally to Wally. Hey, how you doing, Wally? Fantastic. How are you guys? Good. Doing good. good. Doing good. Okay, so you know how this works. Yep. So here we go. Um, due to a DNR screw-up, buckshot is now legal for the time, illegal for the time being in Wisconsin. Buckshot is illegal? Right. Due to a DNR screw-up, Buckshot is now illegal to use in Wisconsin. That's a no-hornschwaggle. That's a no-hornschwaggle. That's right. Yeah, we brought that up last week. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, I guess the reason is they were trying to do some clarification for bird hunting rules and, and just basically said shot size T is the maximum. And uh, they didn't think that, you know, people use buckshot for other things. So now they're trying, oh, man. And, of course, the red tape. Don't get Tom going on the DNR, but even this one's got me <laughs> aggravated. buckshot to begin with. What's that? Not that you could find buckshot to begin with. Yeah, right, right. I guess you can't, can't find it. How do you use what you can't find? Okay, speaking of the DNR, when patrolling local waters... Actually, the DNR uh, wardens uh, patrolling the local waters actually have more law enforcement authority than the uh, sheriff departments and uh, regular police out there. Hornswoggle or no hornswoggle? It is absolutely a no hornswoggle. No hornswoggle, correct. They can uh, not only can they uh, enforce the uh, boating regulations and so forth. Matter of fact, I'm going to uh, defend our friends, the DNR wardens. They normally know the laws better than your local cops out there for the weekend. Uh, they know the, uh, the boating regulations, but they can also uh, they can also enforce uh, they can also enforce the game you know game and uh, licensing and all those regulations, which the police don't deal whether you got too many perch or not. Hey, Dan, okay. I got a question with that regard. Is it true yeah. that they can come check your freezer without a search warrant? Yes, they can. Well, there you go. That's a, defin- <laughs> that's a definite true. That's a no horn schwaggle. Yep, they can come into your house if they suspect you have overbagged fish or undersized fish. They can come and check your freezer without a warrant. Yep. Yeah. Well, really, Tom? Now, yes, don't you have to, can. like, let them in the door first? Yep. Yeah, you Really? Can. Yeah, they can come in. Just on it, acting on a tip? Yep. Okay. Well, interesting, I guess. I'm going to do a little research on that. I'm going to get right into my Durkee's mailbag research and uh, work on that for next week. But I think think you're right on that, probably. And finally, oh, I guess you already won there, Wally. But here we go. Uh, Buckshot is, uh, or excuse me, a shotgun. A shotgun is good for shooting birds but not good for shooting predators like fox and coyotes. Hornswoggle or no hornswoggle? Hornswoggle. Hornswoggle. 
And, uh, and that's kind of the people that are upset. These are the people that are upset, Tom, about all of a sudden you can't use buckshot rule because a lot of guys like to use buckshot, buckshot for coyotes and fox. You can call them in close and uh, blast them with the buckshot. And now for the time being, it's illegal and the DNR is going, oh, it's going to take nine months to get this changed back. And, but our wardens will use their discretion like, okay, maybe the warden will give you a ticket. Maybe he won't. But for gosh sake, if you make a screw up, straighten it out quick. Don't make, wait for meetings for nine months later. So that's my gripe at the DNR right there, Tom. I know oh, I'm making you proud. I'm surprised you're griping on the DNR. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I'm just uh, yeah, on the red tape. So, But anyway, right. Wally, uh, thanks for listening. You did a great job. And I'll uh, leave your address, and I'll get a $10 gift certificate sent out to you for Carl's Country Market. They've got some delicious stuff out there. Thanks, guys. Take care. Okay, All thank right, you, take Wally. Care. So, yeah, another, another, another winner. That's good. That's good to hear. Yeah, in fact, uh, I got a, a thanks to uh, one of our listeners, uh, my friend Tom, for his uh, gift package he dropped off along with this article. It was in the, uh, the Freeman, the January 13th uh, Waukesha Freeman, where they talk about the specific screw-ups on that buckshot regulation. And uh, then they got a really cool picture of a guy standing holding what looks to be a huge coyote, and it says number four buckshot is a preferred shotgun load for predator Hunters, a mistake in a rule simplification process has made buckshot illegal for any kind of hunting in Wisconsin. And yep. you know, to just to just to you know, be devil's advocate, you know, the the, the DNR, uh, they're hu- only human. They they make mistakes. You know, I mean, uh, and like you said though, uh, you know, if a mistake is made, just try to rectify it as soon as possible. You know, uh, so. You know, they will make a few mistakes here and there. And then, yeah, well, then you and I will catch them on it, and we'll let them know. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, you you mostly. Well, listen, I like the rank and file, biologists in the field and the wardens. Yeah. Uh, they do a great job. They do. Uh, yeah. I think it's the bureaucracy, The you know, the, it's at, at the top, I think. And even, even those that work for the DNR, they're afraid to really speak out and criticize because their job, you know, they could yeah. be in trouble. So yeah, they sometimes I, yeah. yeah, I've seen them kind of roll their eyes sometimes too and just say no comment because yeah, you know yeah. they didn't want to get into it. Exactly. Yeah, I know. We've had a number of wardens on the show, and you know when we would be doing it from the studio, and and then uh, during commercial breaks, they'd say. Don't ask us about this or that or whatever. We can't talk about it. And it's like, okay, you know, won't talk about it. So, hey, that happens, you know. That happens. Hey, t- hey Tom, uh, one thing I want to mention, being as you're the big foodie and gut report guy, um, uh, what's his name? Uh, Dick Ellis has that uh, one uh, on Wisconsin Outdoor, whatever, the free publication. Yeah, you right. can pick it up at your local Quick Trip or wherever. Um, the latest edition, uh, I picked it up out at Wern Valley, and now I lost it. i got to get another one. has a great recipe in there um, for, I think, for, like, pulled venison sandwiches and so forth. Yeah, I, think, I saw uh, that, yeah. Did you see that one? That one yeah. looks super simple and super. Is it, are those recipes by Suzette or whatever? Is that what that uh, column is? I think that's who that is, and I've used hers in the past, and I always give her credit when I do, you know. Yeah. Yeah, so yeah, um, I, I saw that one, and I, if if I remember correctly, I 
weren't there a lot of ingredients to it? No, no, there weren't. No, there weren't. There weren't. Oh. That's why I would. That's the only reason I'd mention it, Tom. Would a guy okay, like well, me mention a multi? Uh, yeah. yeah, that's why I like simple, simple recipes. Yeah, me. Well, you know, on the gut report, gotta do simple stuff. You know, I don't have forever to do it. But uh, the other thing is, is that I do have one of those magazines. So I'll look at that again, and maybe next week I'll have that for the gut report. Yeah. All right. All yeah. right. It's, hey, it's... well, we got the top of the hour break to go to right now. And um, we're still waiting for Troy Woodrow to call. And who said said was calling at 7? Yeah, I don't think Troy's going to be able to get reception. That was kind of an iffy thing. But 7 o'clock, we got CeCe. He's going to join us, and he's going to talk about a very special rabbit hunt, my friends. You guys got to stay tuned. All right. We'll be right back, folks, with that and much more here on the Wacky Walleye's Cutting Edge Outdoors. The following is paid commercial programming. The content and opinions expressed do not necessarily reflect those of WSSP, Intercom Milwaukee, its staff, or sponsors. From Lake Michigan to the Mississippi, and every river, lake, and field in between, let's talk everything outdoors. All aboard! <laughs> You're on the crazy train! Welcome to the Cutting Edge Outdoor Show. Fasten your seatbelts for a wild ride through Wisconsin's outdoors. Only on 1250 AM, The Fan. Well, some people say we're a couple of guys that are a few cans short of a six-pack. Well, I disagree. It's only because we drank them already. Hey, welcome to the second hour of the Wacky Walleye's Cutting Edge Outdoors. You know, and they say that you got to fasten your seatbelts. You know what? The crazy train doesn't have any seatbelts. When was the last time you were on a train or a bus that had seatbelts? Well, if you want, you can always disagree with us if you'd like by calling us at 414-799-1250. That's right, 414-799-1250 or email us live at ceoguys at yahoo.com. Okay, second hour, Danny, what's up? Well, we're still waiting to hear from Cece, so hopefully we get to hear, uh, I kind of teased it, our rabbit report. If we don't get it this week, by God, I guess we might have to do it next week, but uh, we'll see if we hear from him. Uh, Again, Troy, uh, I know they were having some cell phone issues when he was at the dock, was the last text I got. So maybe we'll hear from them. Uh, I do want to talk about a couple of different things, Tom. You know, I, I, I learned a valuable lesson this week, and it's basically this. Uh, blades on a handheld ice auger are pretty sharp. Oh, and, yeah. You didn't cut yourself, did you? Oh, yeah. My oh. left hand is bandaged up with a big giant Band-Aid and electrical tape, and I probably should have went in for stitches, but I've got that uh, I've got that new eight-inch laser auger, and it happened when you least expect it. You know, I guess that's how it happens. You got to be careful in the great outdoors, whether it's ta- slipping on a step on a tree stand, and next thing you know, you're laying at the bottom, or when you're putting the plastic cover onto the bottom of your auger, and all of a sudden your hand smacks into the side of one of those sharp blades, and you're like, oh, oh boy. I don't even want to look at this. You just 
push it against your le hand against the leg to stop the bleeding and try and run inside to wrap it up as quick as you can. But man, those blades are sharp. And I was I was talking to my friend Arizona Joe, and he said he treats the end of a, of an ice auger like the end of a rifle or a shotgun. And you know that's really good advice. Yeah. Yeah, yeah so, they are sharp. You know, the laser auger I had, I got like around 1993, 94, something like that. And I used it for many years. My sons use it. Now Now one of my son uses it all the time. And, you know, we've never had those blades sharpened once just because of the fact that we always used the blade guard. We used, We didn't go slamming it around. You know, we took care of it and have never had to sharpen those blades. The, so. the thing that seemed to wreck the blades the most years ago, uh, I used to have the old Mora augers. I had an eight inch and, and then I'd dull that one. And if I couldn't get blades one time, I just bought a whole another brand new one. So I had two of them. But if you're, you were drilling through some thick ice and let's say there was like a, a stick or something froze in the ice and your blade hit that, or if you were in too shallow of water and your blade hit the bottom of the lake, just any little thing would yeah. would dull at least one side of those blades, and then it would be like the blade. It would be like only one blade would be working. It would be like you'd be trying to you'd be trying to drill your hole, and it would be kind of drilling cockeyed, like it wanted to go sideways rather than straight down. Yeah, you got to be careful with those babies, you know. And even opening up old holes wasn't the best thing to do because of the jaggedness of the ice, you know, and how how it was refreezing in that. That was always, they always said, don't open up old holes with it. So Yeah, you know, that's interesting because I actually Googled that last week because I thought, yeah, I'm going to go open my old holes. And I thought, wait a second, I remember hearing something that that's not a good idea. And the theory that what I got was this, is that that, that can be extremely tough on your auger, although some guys reported that with a laser, they didn't have that problem. You know, it was still okay. Sure, uh, okay. I guess power auger, no problem. Um, but yeah, I guess that's one of those tips. And then as far as sharpening blades for an auger, Tom, are there places that do that? You're, I mean, if, if it's a laser auger, send it in to have it sharpened. Okay. Now, and, 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 the, the blades on an auger, see, years ago when I had my store, I had a, I had a blade sharpening machine uh, for the Mora blades, but when they came out with the, uh, the lasers, uh, you couldn't do those yourself. You had to send those in, and uh, so that's what I would recommend. If, if, but you should always do that before the season starts, you know, if there's any chips in it and that, you send them in before the season. And then uh, the other thing, too, is... Uh, um, oh, oh! If you were, let's say, on your power augers, if you were to sharpen the blades on your power auger, just remember you only sharpen one side, not both. Only one side gets sharpened, and you can see which side it is—the side that has the angle. It's kind of like those. Remember those Ginsu knives of years ago, Danny? Yep. The Ginsu, where they'd cut a penny, cut tin cans, do whatever. Those two were on the same premise. Only one side is sharpened. So, uh, so if you're going to touch up the power auger blades, just remember one side only. Otherwise, you'll screw it up. 
I, how about this, Tom? Uh, I've heard that, um, I don't know if this is a good comparison, but I've heard guys claim that like even for like razors that people use to shave with, that if you dry them off and don't just put them away wet, that it keeps the blades sharper. How about with the, uh, with an ice auger? Is it best to just carefully dry those blades off rather than just leaving them wet? Uh, is that, you know, I don't know. Yes, uh, either dry them off, and, uh, you know, you just made me remember something. I would spray them during the season, uh, and especially during the off-season. I would spray them every now and then with WD-40, uh, just, just, you know, just to keep the rust away. That's, you know? a good, I mean, that's a great tip. Yeah, so, I mean, and I would usually remember it. You know, speaking of remembering things, uh, remember a few weeks back, a number of weeks ago, a guy, I think it was our friend Bruce the Uper, said uh, that you know to to loosen up the drags on your reels, you yep. know, at the end of the season, and you know don't leave them tight. And I said, yeah, I, you know, everybody should do that. And then I started thinking, did I do that last year? So I went and checked every reel, and by golly, I did do it at the end of the season. I did loosen up every drag <laughs> at the end of the season. But I had to check every one because he was making me think about it, you know. Yeah, and I've, I've done the same thing, Tom, and it takes me about an hour because I got about about 60 rods and reels to locate in every closet and, uh, <laughs> you know, scattered throughout, scattered throughout my universe here. But, yeah, that, uh, that obviously is a, is a good tip. Um, my other uh, – so, so my tip of the week um, – is be careful about those blades on your auger because uh, you can cut your hand. They are very sharp. The other uh, uh, lesson I learned this week is this, Tom. Um, I know whenever I, and I should have learned it from my father years ago. You know, we'd go up deer hunting years ago, and we'd have our deer rifles, of course, but Pop always had a backup rifle when we went deer hunting. Always had a second one. And uh, just in case something happened to one, uh, something, I don't know, scope would go bad or whatever. And this week I was out uh, hunting and we were uh, doing some pheasant hunting. And uh, the uh, guy I was with, um, he actually had a shotgun with him. I think it was an over-under side-by-side. And he says, well, my other one, the firing pin isn't working. So he had his backup one with him. And guess what happened to his backup one? Oh, I don't know. Same thing. Wasn't firing on the first. Uh, when a bird would really? go up, he'd he'd go to go. It would go click. But then he'd have to pull the first one, and then the second one would fire. And he's a great shot. But it was really messing him up, which was just allowing me more of a chance <laughs> to shoot the birds. But uh, I said, "Do you have a backup shotgun?" He said, "No, this is the backup." But wow. I was I was thinking about this now realistically like i've only got one shotgun that i use for for bird hunting i got your basic remington 870 express the three screw in choke tubes i can drop it in the mud it's not some two thousand dollar benelli or whatever but realistically a guy should always have two shotguns just like my dad had an extra rifle when he went to go deer hunting because if all of a sudden one takes a dump on you what are you going to do? I know our friend Al Shook, he always has a couple shotguns when we go out to Wern Valley, so good thinking on Al's part, I guess. You know, I, I wonder how many rounds you have to go through before your firing pin 
gets rounded to the point where it won't penetrate, you know, the the shell to fire it. You know, I mean, I wonder, I wonder how many rounds you got to go through because now I have a Ithaca Model 37A Featherlight uh, 12 gauge shotgun that over the years I've put thousands and thousands and thousands of rounds through it. And that firing pin is still just fine, but I wonder how why some go bad. You know, wonder well, why it is. I'm not a firing pin expert. Um, I believe halfway during our hunt, we went back, and uh, one of the guys had some gun oil and sp- sprayed that on there. And I think after that, it was working okay. So I don't know if it's a situation where the firing pin, if it can freeze up. I I don't know. I'm not a firing pin expert. I do know that you're not supposed to dry fire uh, firearms for that reason and that in some way it can uh, hurt the firing pin. But I guess, uh, you know, perhaps we'd uh, someday maybe we'll get a gunsmith on the show again to kind of explain the intricacies of the uh, firing pin. Yeah, yeah, that'd be a, wouldn't but be that, a bad idea. That sounds like a pretty nice shotgun, though. That, those Ithaca uh, feather featherweight—is that what it was it called? Was a or? Model, yeah, Model Thirty-Seven A Featherlight. Yeah, I've had it. Well, let's you know, I'm 68 now, and I've been using it since I was about uh, 20 years, 18 to 20, 18 years old, 18 to 20. So I've had it a long time—50, 50, 50 years at least. 50 years. Is yeah. that? Is that a pump or a semi? It, yeah, it's a pump. It's a pump. Pump. Yeah. Okay. So yeah, because because I think that particular model is a pretty well known model as far as kind of an iconic shotgun. Yeah, and uh, it's never never broken down on me. You know, it's always worked. So whenever I need it, it worked. So we got to go to another break, Danny. It's uh, it's time to pay a couple of bills, folks. So uh, sit back, grab a cup of coffee. We'll be right back with more. He's Dan Bush. I'm Tom Neubauer. We are the Wacky Walleyes Cutting Edge Outdoors. Wacky Walleyes, Cutting Edge Outdoors, and now is the time that Tom has breathlessly been waiting for his favorite segment of the day. Take Uh, it away, Tom. The NFL Football Picking Contest brought to you by Curly's Waterfront Pub on Pewaukee Lake. If you want to be a contestant and win a $10 gift certificate, all you got to do is beat or tie Danny, myself, or Sam, and uh, against the spread by picking against the spread. On this week's game, so uh, call seven nine nine twelve fifty. That's four one four seven nine nine twelve fifty. If you've won in the last six to eight weeks, don't call. We're checking the list, checking it twice. Uh, so uh, give somebody else a chance to win. Anyway, seven nine nine twelve fifty. Be a contestant for the football picking contest. And uh, well, Sam, I, I know they're playing at what was it three thirty five or three forty today? Is that right, Danny? Three, uh, yeah, somewhere around about that. So I plan on joining the gang at uh, Park Avenue Pizza. Stop on out. Amy normally has some pretty good things going on for Packer games. And uh, pretty exciting. I think it'll be a great game today. Yeah, Curly's Waterfront Pub will 
have all their TVs tuned to the game and get a seat at the bar or one of the tables, and uh, you can spend that $10 gift certificate. So, <clears throat> and, and they're playing the Los Angeles Rams, is that correct? Uh, yes, they are playing the Rams as well. Yeah. So yeah, you, you are right. Uh, waterfront, uh, I typically like to do the first half of the game at waterfront and park Ave the second half. So you got lots of fun places to watch the game out here. Uh, one thing about waterfront though, Tom, their French fries are all perfectly sized. They're all the same. <laughs> well, let's, we got to find out from Sam to see if we have a contestant and to find out what the point spread I think, is. We do. I think he's, we got somebody. Okay. Uh, Hold on one second. Sorry, I forgot. (laughs) I wrote down their name, but I forgot. Give me one second here. (laughs) This is a well-oiled machine. (laughs) All right, Brian and Pewaukee. Brian and Pewaukee. And what's the point spread, Sam? Packers are favored by six and a half points. Oh, wow. They're favored big. Brian, what do you like in this game? Uh, Well, the Packers offense is you know, just playing at high level. So I'm I'm thinking that uh, um, I don't think anybody's going to come into Lambeau and beat the pack right now. Um, Rams defense is great. But yeah. uh, and pack, in playoff football, I think, you know, and it's, an, it's an offensive league. And uh, I like the pack. I like you the like pack the by pack. the end. I, like I just wish it was end. snowing. Yeah, that, that would help. And plus, you got a you got a warm weather team. And Goff's, uh, he's a California boy. Hit him a couple times in ball game. Yeah, well, you know, it's funny. Rogers is a California boy, too, but he's been up here in Green Bay long enough to get exactly. the weather, I guess. So, Danny, who do you like? Well, um, I know this one seems a gimme, but I flash back to 2007 when the New York football giants upset the Dallas Cowboys and came in at 9-7 and against the 13-3 and Green Bay Packers. And uh, was it uh, Monte Toomer caught 170 yards worth of passes on uh, Al Harris? And uh, Eli Manning did uh, just through the passes that he needed to. And they had a running game and a stout defense that kind of let him. Well, Rams have that stout defense. And uh, I'm kind of afraid the same thing might happen. So with the seven points, I'm going to go with the Rams. But you think the Packers will win, but maybe not cover the spread, right? Uh, correct. Okay, yeah, and I'm, I'm going to go with the Packers. And Sam, what do you like? I like the Packers to cover. All right, so, well, I guess you're a winner already. <laughs> You'll get that uh, $10 gift certificate to uh, the Waterfront Pub, Curly's Waterfront Pub. Do you know where that is? I do. Good, good. All right, well, Danny will send that out to you. Congratulations. All right, thanks, Slide. You guys have a great day. Thank you, you too. All yep, right. Tom, oh, I, stay, oh, I hope he held on to get so we get his uh, address. I, if not, I'm sure he's listening and he yeah, can call go. back in seven nine nine twelve. Yeah, call call Sam. And uh, I was out at the waterfront uh, yes uh, two days ago, and I talked to Ryan out there, yeah. and uh, he had, as you know, I had kind of mentioned that they had the today open for a fishery because uh, one of the previous ones had canceled. But he was talking to me, and he said, you know. As it worked out, it actually worked out okay because at that time we didn't realize that there would be a Packer playoff game today. So oh, um, yeah, right. yeah, so they're gearing up like all the local establishments out here oh. for a lot of people for the for the playoff game. Yeah, the local places are, are going to be busy. They will be busy. You know, but I'll tell you, you know, 
this is just me, but I really, I really like listening to the announcers on the game and like listening to the game, what's going on on the field and all that. And that's why I never liked watching a Packer game, um, you know, from a, in a bar situation because it's so loud, you know, and, you know, and people talking and cheering and screaming and I, I, and I just can't hear what's going on, you know? So I, I like the camaraderie. I like the enthusiasm. I like the beer, you know, whatever, and like the food, but I, I, it just, it's just too loud for me, I think. It's too loud. So well, I like watching I, it at home, yeah. I, I will say uh, kudos to my buddy Jake over at Carly's. He actually rigged up a special speaker system where, I mean, you you will hear the game when, when you're there. Oh, yeah? Uh, yeah, yeah. He, uh, he's, he's really into it. He's... Uh, Packer fan like you wouldn't believe. The only time you won't be able to hear what's going on is if Jake starts yelling and screaming and losing his mind if something <laughs> bad happens for the Packers. Um, yeah, but I'll tell you what, we got some uh, we got some avid avid fans in Wisconsin. You know, I get a kick out of it though. Um, we talk about California boy um, and being up north. You ever notice that these these guys that come from down south? Uh, they typically try to adapt the northern Wisconsin uh, lumber sexual persona where they're growing the beard and look, trying to look rugged and outdoorsy. So even Aaron Rodgers looks as scruffy as he possibly can this time of year to look like he's the tough north woodsman out there playing. Mm-hmm. You know what I don't understand? that when it's like there was a Packer game I noticed I was walking by uh, my sons were watching it and uh, it, it was snowing right and there was a lot of snow on the field that was a few weeks ago and these guys they have they're they're going sleeveless right they're going sleeveless there's i mean it's cold out there's snow on their arms and on their body i just don't understand i mean i'd be wrapped up in whatever <laughs> You know, they have to go out there. Uh, I just, I, it's just, I mean, I, I know they're trying to be tough as nails, and they are, but still, uh, boy, that's got to be cold, you know. Well, I, I dare say that the football players of the of yesteryear, fifties and sixties, those guys were tougher than uh, than tough than even the players today because they they were losing teeth, they didn't have face masks. Uh, Bud Grant, the legendary coach of the Minnesota Vikings, uh, he actually would not let his players back in the 70s, the uh, Purple People Eaters, he would not let them uh, wear, uh, they they had to go short sleeves, no gloves. I mean, it was a psychological thing. And you know how cold it got in Minnesota back then. Oh, yeah. Um, Oh, yeah. yeah. So he was that one coach. Interesting sidelight, Bud Grant is from Wisconsin. He actually went to high school in Superior with my uncle years ago where he was a three-sport star jock athlete. And uh, and he also enjoys hunting and fishing, too. But they were tough back then, man. Yes, they were. And uh, we're tough here on the Wacky Walleye's Cutting Edge Outdoors. No, we're we got, not. We're marshmallows, dude. Yeah, we got another break coming up. See, we're tough on the brakes. That's what I meant. We're, <laughs> we're tough on the brakes. We, we got another uh, commercial break coming up. But when we come back, we're going to have John 
Muchka on, and he's going to tell us all about this uh, fishing jamboree for charity that's coming up next week, Saturday. So stay tuned, folks. Hold on to your uh, seats, because on this crazy train, we don't have seat belts like I told you. We'll be right back. Welcome back to Wacky Walleye's Cutting Edge Outdoors. Thanks for getting on board the crazy train with us today. We got about our last half hour, a little less than that, I guess, Tom left, and we've got our special guest, John, on the line. Good morning, John. Good morning, gentlemen. How are you this morning? Hey, we're doing great. I hope you, do you have to work today. Uh, actually, no. It's my weekend off. So uh... That's great. That's good. So tell us all about this charity ice fishing chamber you got going on next week at Monk Shots. Absolutely. So um, Farms to Tables is a 501c3 charitable nonprofit organization. With our our mission is to help end food insecurity and the hunger crisis in in Wisconsin. So uh, we started about five years ago, my wife and I. And um, unfortunately, due to COVID, a lot of our fundraising opportunities have been uh, dampered. So nothing right. indoors. So. Um, a friend of mine suggested having a fishery, so uh, it's going to be our first annual fishery. Uh, we're going to have it at Mugshots. Uh, registration is going to be 6.30 Saturday morning. Uh, you can definitely go out and pre-fish before that, but just come in and register uh, in the bar. Uh, we'll be there by 6.30. We've got some wonderful bucket raffle prizes, a propane auger, some uh, some beer baskets. Sherpers donated a nice little basket. Acme Tackle uh, donated some some things as well so uh we'll also have a 50 50 raffle so uh definitely come out bring the kids it's a family-friendly environment um and all money raised 100 percent of the money raised is going to go to uh help meal programs and food pantries in southeastern wisconsin well that that sounds great that sounds excellent so when does it end did you say uh need to register the fish by four o'clock and then the fish payout and uh raffle prizes will be drawn at 4 30. okay that's hey john John, I was uh, actually out to take a look at the flyer at the mug shots there, and uh, it looks like you guys got some pretty good prizes as far as the fish prizes. Correct me if I'm wrong, but uh, it looks like you got prizes for first, second, and third place in the individual species. Is uh, that correct? Yep, that's absolutely correct. So uh, six species, northern walleye, bass, perch, crappie, and bluegill. We're going to pay up for the top three fish. Um, we have some community partners that helped out with that so um you'll have a chance so definitely come out get your fish on and uh, bring the kids out it should be a good day and you and it says i'm reading it now it says the kids uh kids under 12 are free absolutely that's good yep yeah. and the registration for adult fishermen is 15 dollars. and again 100 percent of all the money raised is gonna is gonna go to help help our neighbors in need and I also see it says hot food and cold drinks starting at 9 a.m. I like that. Yeah, you betcha. <laughs> yeah, you got to have hot food. That's for sure. Didn't check the weather that far out, but uh, hopefully it's not sub-zero. Yeah, hopefully not. You know, this last week would have been perfect. But uh, you know what? You got to take what you get, you know, this time of year. Absolutely. All right. Well, listen, John, thanks for calling. Thanks for getting up early. I, I hope you didn't have to get up special this morning. 
Nope, everybody's uh, waking up in the Mushka household, so uh, the kiddos are awake now, so time to get the day going. All righty. Well, thanks very much, John. You have a great weekend. I appreciate you guys. Thank you very much. Okay, thanks. Bye now. Bye now. So, see, there you go, Danny. There's another one. Yeah, well, here's the thing. Next week, the 23rd, uh, this works out perfect because uh, here's what you can do. You can do the fishery uh, and enter that at, uh, at, um, uh, at Mugshots. But then down the road at Waterfront, they don't have a fishery, but they got the uh, Badgerland Ski Club meat raffle. So I'm thinking you could enjoy both of those. You could go do one, do the other. They're right a block away. So lots happening next week. And I think it's especially nice that they, uh, that they have uh, this as a fundraiser for a good cause. Now, $15, yeah, that might be more than the $5 that you typically might pay for a ticket to enter another fishery. But uh, the money goes to a good cause. And actually, their prizes, Tom, uh, you know, I've won some fisheries over the years for Biggest Pike out in Pewaukee. And, and I guess I've won 25 bucks a couple of times. I won 50 bucks the last time. But I believe their first prize, if I'm not mistaken, is $75 right. for the biggest. That's yeah, which is, that's pretty, man, that's, you're getting close to 100 bucks. Uh, that's pretty darn good. And uh, for all you chiselers and cheaters out there, don't be tempted to try and cheat now. Uh, I've actually seen that happen. And some that's one of the reasons why they keep the prizes typically kind of lower. Yeah, well, you were the one prizes. that told me that, Tom, years yeah. ago. Yeah, the pri- usually prize money is a lot lower just because of the fact that, yeah, you'll have guys cheat for that 25 bucks or 50 bucks. You know, it's, it's terrible. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, but this one's a good fundraiser, so yeah, yeah, good times for all there. I hope I hope to make a bunch of money. They they they're doing it for a good cause, so yeah. Um, and then I, then I mentioned that there uh, there will be some. Uh, well, I guess on March sixth, they've got uh, one that's also a charitable one. Uh, food drive and meat raffles going to be right down the road at the waterfront. So yeah, we hope all of our listeners out there support some of these good causes that we got going on. Yeah, you know, I boy, I, I tell you what, I, I I wish we get a report on Lake Michigan, you know, from the like the Hone Bridge. If guys are fishing underneath the Hone Bridge there, if that's open in that, and if they're you know fishing there, if there's catching fish, if anybody's heard anything about that, give us a call at seven nine nine twelve fifty. I'm interested in finding out. Have well, you heard anything, Danny, about that? I I, I haven't. Uh, I know our friend Jim Dembeck was catching. He sent me a picture. He caught about a nice 14 or 15 pound brown on the lakeshore somewhere. Um, so yeah, that's something a guy can check into. Now the one thing that I've never done is uh, I've never caught the trout through the ice, and that is something that I would like to try and do. But um, I guess it's kind of a finesse kind of a type of thing, and you gotta, you can't be running around by your holes and so forth. The fish are spooky, from what I understand uh under the ice so that but then if there's open water you get the guys go out there in their boats and uh they can catch some giant brown trout i think yeah. by that warm water discharge there is where they like to sit and jig them yeah and you know in ice fishing in the harbor is kind of it's iffy at times you know you got to be really careful uh you know you do see people out there ice fishing in the harbor but boy i don't know you just got to be careful out there that's for sure yeah, 
yeah, you definitely uh, definitely don't want to uh, don't want to go through. Now the other thing, Tom, you know that nowadays um, Strike Master, I believe, and uh, what are some of the other major uh, ice fishing type uh, companies? They make shanties and everything else. You'd probably oh, know more. There's a whole bunch of them. Yeah, Frable yeah. and Clam and yeah, uh, there's some other ones. Eskimo. They act. They actually make flotation suits now. Yeah. Oh, so uh, yeah. Um, so if you, uh, you know, if you if you really want to be safe, get one of those flotation suits. And uh, Tom, I've got an incoming call. I think we got a caller, Sam. Yep, our good buddy Dennis from uh, Boulder Junction. All okay, right. Tom. Tom, I'm gonna check out uh, for the next couple minutes while you talk to Dennis till the next break. I have to make a call, and uh, I think we're going to have uh, Cece for our next section, but i got to kind of check out so I can make okay. a call here. All okay. right, put Dennis on. We, good morning. Hey, good morning, Dennis. We should have some theme music for you. The up, what? Say that, that again? You, yeah, we should have some theme music for you. The Up North Report. Yeah, I know. I used to have that fishing, uh, that song from Andy when the kid was going fishing. Yeah. I forget what that was, that program, but anyway. So what's so, going on up there in God's country? Well, we're, we finally got some snow. We could use a lot more snow up here. I was down in Milwaukee on Wednesday, and I see you got more snow down there than we have up here. Wow, wow. And uh, I, But uh, I'm, we're getting some snow. We got a couple inches the other day. It helps a little bit. We could use a lot more. Uh, this is race weekend at Eagle River, so there's a lot of snowmobile traffic, but uh, it's easy to get around on the lakes right now most lakes got anywhere from 12 to 15 inches of ice oh really holy yeah, moly yeah we got a lot of ice up here we had uh no snow for a long time obviously and the lakes had a chance to freeze deep so that's that's very helpful and it's easy to get around the lakes right now yeah and very little slush and walleye fishing and and uh, northern fishing has been real good uh pan fishing is going to be starting here pretty quick when i say pan fishing crappies and perch so uh you got outside activities the weather hasn't been too cold so people are getting out on the ice and they're ice skating and they're hiking mm-hmm. in the woods and they're cross-country skiing snowmobiling so we could use more snow yeah it, it, it's it's starting uh it's starting to really uh the winter sports are turning on up there by you but like you said more snow yeah you need a little bit more snow the, the trails that that's the only thing that's suffering right now we could use another a couple of two, three-inch snowfalls that would help the trail system, and they're getting around, but it needs it needs a little bit more. But otherwise, the winter activities are great right now. And and uh, if somebody wants to come up and spend some time up here, I call ahead, of course. But uh, I even think Oneida County is now going to be opening up their trails here pretty quick. And that's oh. that's that's been closed for a long time. Well, it's been closed, obviously, hasn't opened yet, but uh, they're. Getting enough now where they can get open, but we are open. And further north, from Boulder North, is Pilot uh, County North is is open for trail uh, riding right now. Oh, okay, all right. Yeah, from what I understand, you guys should have been getting more snow uh, last night or something, or or yeah, today have, maybe you're getting some. Yeah, Lake Superior is not froze over. There's only two percent ice on Lake Superior right now, and and if we get any kind of a northwest wind. Be a lake effect snow, which helps the snow conditions. Yeah, right. Yeah. Well, Dennis, thanks for the update. We always yep. appreciate it. And we'll keep in touch with you guys and have a good one. All right. Thanks, Dennis. Thanks. That's uh, 
as Dennis Royce, our Boulder Junction connection up there in God's country in Boulder Junction. And, you know, it's funny to think, though, that uh, he says we need more snow. I'll tell you one thing. We don't need any more down here. <laughs> I don't want any more snow. Anyway, we got to go to another break. This is our last break of the day, folks. So you stuck you stuck with us this far. You might as well stick with us for another segment. One more to go here on the Wacky Walleyes Cutting Edge Outdoors. We'll be right back. It's the final countdown. The final countdown. Welcome back to Wacky Walleyes Cutting Edge Outdoors. Uh, thanks for uh, listening today. I'm Dan Bush along with Tom Neubauer. We got about seven minutes left in the show, and I know I teased earlier that we were going to talk a little bit of uh, bunny rabbits, and so a little bit delayed, but better late than never. Uh, we've got Cece on the line to talk about a very special rabbit hunt. Good morning, Cece. Good morning, Dan. So tell us a little bit about Rabbit-a-rama. Well, we started well, about 15 or 20 years ago, and... Uh... So it's, uh, it's all kinds of hunters that get together. It's after uh, mostly all your regular hunting is done except for rabbits and squirrels, I believe. And we all get together. Um, a lot of a lot of the women and stuff uh, make some uh, hoss and pepper and some nestles full of venison. Um, we get together in the back. We leave at 9 o'clock, and uh, we got to be back by noon. And I usually weigh all the rabbits, and uh, whoever has the most rabbits uh, wins uh you know, some money, a little bit of money. And it's mostly just to get together with all the hunters and talk about success stories, bull hunting, fishing, and things like that. So let me tell, ask you, Cece, now, so it's a morning hunt, and sure. I think you were telling me before, like, it's what, like four-man teams, and it's so you could weigh in maximum 12 rabbits, and it's based on weight. Is that correct? Correct, correct. Okay, and now where is this held? And I mean, is it open if, if there's a couple hunters? I know we got one rabbit hunter out, Jacob, yeah. listening to us. Sure. Uh, if, if some of our uh, hunters, listeners out there want to go out and do this, when is it being held and where should they go? Saturday, uh, February 13th. Um, you, you have to be by, the, by my tavern, CC's place. Um, around, uh, we open up earlier, 7 till. Uh, 8.30, quarter to 9, you register. I give you a bag to put all the rabbits in properly. And uh, it's $20 a team, $5 a guy. We have a lot of prizes, a lot of my sponsors, Budweiser and Miller. We'll also uh, kick in some prizes. So we try to get everybody a, a prize, you know, for, for participating. Uh, the rabbits that the guys don't take home, we uh, this one person picks it up. And, uh, and we donate all the money uh, to a charity. Last year we donated uh, the money to Make-A-Wish Foundation. Well, that it sounds it, like a great time. And, and, I, and I was talking to you, I guess, if a guy, even if you don't have a four-man team, just Joe Schmoke can just go enter himself and just enjoy the company. Correct, correct. And you can, like I said, uh, the women that, that help cook and, and some of the guys also have cooked, they bring Nesco's full of uh, awesome food, and it's uh, and it's all free, and uh, and like I said, it's, it's a camaraderie, and anybody can get in. 
we've also have a, we also have a couple women team too, just like men. Okay, and uh, what? Where is CC's located? It's in uh, it's in uh, Washington County. It's a six mile. You get the Kiwas from the six miles west of Kiwas on Highway H. Okay. Big Halloween. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, and it, you know, it sounds like a fun time. And in fact, Cece, we were talking about this uh, on the show about a week ago. I was talking snowshoe hares and whether you can cook those like you can do cottontails. And and we've I've heard from our listeners that yes, you can. And they got the Hassenpfeffer recipes. But I've never had Hassenpfeffer. Can you describe that to me? Well, it's all kind of mixed up with some carrots and. And celery and some onions and uh, and bowls and it's it tastes like chicken. It tastes <laughs> like <laughs> it tastes like chicken and and uh, and real quick I'll mention CC now you've actually got uh, CC's pheasant acres out there. Do you want to plug that real quick for our listeners? Sure, it's just a small little place. So if you want to, you know, it's nothing big. It's just uh, bring a couple people, bring your puppy, bring your your adult dog or whatever. And just enjoy a little short hunt. I don't have two or three hundred acres like some of the other places. Um, I get a lot of father, son, daughter, son, you know, daughters and wives and husbands that bring their kids out. I get a lot of young dogs that come out for the first time too, and uh, I think it's just enjoyable. I usually make it so if you 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 know get so many birds, like ten or twelve or fifteen birds, you mostly get the whole morning or afternoon to hunt them. So. It's enjoyable. It's more of a family atmosphere kind of place. Are you? Uh, is your season going to go for a little bit longer? What's your time frame now? As long as I get birds, it's kind of hard for a little guy like me to get birds now with the COVID, like everything else. But uh, uh, if I can get some more birds by the end of January, I'll, I'll continue a little bit. But uh, right now, the snow's killing my cover a little bit. <laughs> gotcha, gotcha. Well, I know I was out there hunting last week. Shot my first chucker. I really enjoyed it. Yep. So I'd encourage our listeners uh, get a hold of CCs. What's the best way for them to contact you? Uh, my my number is nine two zero nine one two five zero four four. And uh, if a person uh, isn't gonna hunt the bunny rabbits, can they still come out to CCs and have a cold one and watch the sure. weigh in? Yeah, we're pretty famous for our dollar can beers. So. Yeah. Whoa. <laughs> wow. You better now, get some minute, extra parking now. How much was that? <laughs> we urge that you have an Uber driver. <laughs> wait a minute. I missed that. How much for a can of beer? One dollar for a can of beer. Oh, oh count my. me in. Oh, God. Oh, man. That's, I'm more excited about that than I am the rabbit hunt now there, Cece. So. Well, well, today for the Packer game, we have six cans for five bucks. So. Oh, oh, even wow. better. <laughs> All right. Well, thanks for calling, CC. God bless, and good luck with the hunt. Yeah, thank nice you talking to you, CC. Yeah, thank you guys very much. All right, All right take care, man. Boy, Danny, that's really cheap. That's a good, I, you know, I got to go out to CC's. The only thing I didn't ask him if it, is if he has hot bartenders. But with a, with a buck of beer, if he doesn't, they'll be turning hot pretty quick. <laughs> <laughs> I knew we would fall down that rabbit hole sooner or later. <laughs> that's why people listen to us. So That's all I got, Thomas. Well, yeah, this has been a great show. I've had a great time this morning, Danny, and that's all I got, too. 
to all the listeners, thanks for listening. And God bless and stay free, everyone. You've been listening to Wacky Walleyes, cutting edge outdoors. Hey, go out and do something nice for someone, my friends. We'll talk to you all next week. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road, the steeper the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones so we'll never lose touch with civilization and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic? and conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey.